1: Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, just joining us from online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all could tune in as well. I think as we are wrapping up the year that's been 2023, it's hard to believe we have about four more months left in this year. I think a lot of us try to look at the things that we've done right, the things that we may could have done a little differently, and also the things that Maybe we were even afraid to even try. Well, our next guest definitely knows what that feels like, but she's been able to find encouragement for herself that now she's able to share with us as well. We're excited to welcome Allie Dalsimer to our broadcast today. She's the author of the new book, It's Okay Not to Be Fabulous Every Day. We're going to talk to Allie, not only about the reflections of her own life and what she's been able to do, but also what she's been able to learn that now she's able to share with all of us. If you're just now finding out about the book, of course, we'll remind you how you can get your own copy of it. Allie, thank you again for the time. I really do appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, Cyrus. I'm really excited to be here. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Oh, look, I'm glad, too. I want to first shout out our mutual friend, Robert Blake Whiteheel for connecting the two of us. He was the one who told me about about his friendship with you and the book, and he encouraged me to be able to get it, and I'm glad that I did. And now we're able to have this conversation. Ellie, people know you for different things that you've been able to do in your life, but what has it been like for you now through this book to be a, a motivation for people as to what they can do in their own lives? Wow, that's
0: a that's a really great question. Um and I have to say, I had not really thought about people knowing me for different things in my life. I guess I haven't really thought about that. It's, it's an interesting perspective, so you're right. Um, writing this book has, to me, felt like my life's fulfillment. It, it feels like this is what I was meant to do and what I was meant to be doing all along. I've, I've really enjoyed this journey. And, you know, it, it's been, it, it's been um, a huge learning curve. As any new venture will be, um, right. and uh, you know there were definitely times where I was like, "What am I doing?" But I'm just so glad, and I really, I really believe that if you're on a path that you are meant to be on, the world will conspire to help you succeed. And you know, you mentioned Robert Blake Whitehill, and. I so I went to high school with him and we we were in different years and so knew each other didn't weren't weren't close friends but we ended up sitting together at uh, at at a reunion and started talking and sharing and and whatnot and I was telling him about the run for Congress and he was telling me about being an author and I said you know I've always wanted to write a book and he said you need to do that you should write you should just write and I said I I don't know you know just. You know, it's such a big thing, and, you know, would anybody be interested, and blah, 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 and um, really just had some self-doubts, and um, if it weren't for that kernel that was in my mind, though, I'm not sure I'd be here now, in addition to which, you know, he said I could reach out to him, and so I think it was two years or three years after our conversation, I reached out, and I said, you know what, I'm actually writing a book, and I would love your input, and so he actually provided mentorship, so you know that's that's just one example how i really believe that uh if you're doing what you're meant to do you you will find a way to do it yeah just, just you bring up such a good what point you're
1: meant to do <laughs> yeah i think you bring up a really good point i want to stay with this for a second because i think there mm-hmm. there are two components that immediately came to mind when you said that i think a lot of us do feel it i know i felt it early on in my life what i was meant to do i was fortunate that i had people who didn't try to throw cold water on it um who even though they didn't understand it they still encouraged me but i do understand especially in the world today not everyone has that (laughs) not everyone has people who Mm -hmm. encourage them to do what it is especially if it seems something you know so so out of the norm or out of the realm of possibilities So I love the fact that you wrote this in the book, and it goes to a a good point. You say this on page 36 of the book. It doesn't matter if our dream is working towards societal change or traveling the world or raising a large family. What matters is that it's what's right for us, regardless of what anyone else thinks. I want to ask you, how did you get to that point? Because a lot of people, what stops them is people tell them, no, you shouldn't do that. You should do this. And that's the path they choose, even though it's not the path they want. How did you have the the courage to go for what you wanted?
0: (laughs) Well, um, honestly, I think it was... I think it was the death of my mother um, while I was in the midst of a political campaign, which um, is, is a, it, it's just a, a very, it's, it's, a, it's a hostile and ugly environment, to be perfectly blunt about it. And I didn't have a lot of encouragement from a lot of sectors, even within my own family. My mother was always supportive of everything I did. And um, after she died, it was very hard. And uh, and I was, you know, and I talk about that in the book. Like, my mother had died. The campaign was over. My kids had gone to college. I was left at home alone. My husband was, you know, my husband passed a few years ago. Today is actually the anniversary of his death, which is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge in and of itself. And I just, I just, there was just nothing there was no one and nothing that was giving me the energy i needed to get through my days and it it, it i came to this pivotal point and and maybe i'm over oversharing here um but i came to a real pivotal point and i was like okay i can either completely fall apart now or i can just pull it together and right. um i i made a conscious decision that i need to pull it together. And I talk about that moment in the book where I just like, you know, look at this huge stack of stuff that I was supposed to get done and, you know, supposed to. I don't even know what that means, supposed to. What does that even mean, right? Supposed right. to for what and for whom? And I ended up, you know, making some soup and changing my sheet. And, and And instead of just being like, oh my God, you're such a loser, Allie. You can't even like get through your day. You didn't even get dressed today. I thought, you know what? No, because I I did what I could, and that needs yeah. to be enough. Because too many of us beat ourselves up all the time. I was raised to be a very Type A personality. You had to achieve. You weren't allowed not to know things. You know, blah 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 blah. Um, just you know, just and I don't know how much of that came from within and how much came from without. But it was it was just a mind shift. And it doesn't matter what it is you want to achieve in your life. There are some people who are perfectly happy with, say, raising a large family. And then other people who are like, no, they're just going to be housewives. They're not going to go out and conquer the world and be CEOs. And so, therefore, their lives aren't worthwhile. And that's just ridiculous because right. if that's what you truly want to do, then that's what you should be doing. And, frankly, no job is more important than parenthood, you know? I mean, that's that's got to be the most important job out there, to be a mentor, to be a parent, to help people, to help your society. Um, so I, I that's, that's, that's how I came to that. And it's just a, yeah. a realization.
1: And that's such an important realization. And thank you, Allie, for sharing that. And I, I think it, that's why you are... Are, are perfect for this topic and for this book because it's, you're not just saying things that you've heard or you read. Your experiences are guiding it, and I love that. And I love how you are so authentic in this book about that. So I guess the an obvious question would be: With that being said, did you expect to be so <laughs> transparent in this book when you started writing it? No,
0: <laughs> no. Um, I, as I said, uh, you know, in the opening, this started as Life guidance to my kids to help them launch themselves, and all these little all these quotes and passages that are in the book are they used to be on my kitchen cabinet. I had two entire cabinet doors filled with little stickies and scraps of paper and and whatever and my daughter finally said, that is just so ugly it 's so messy. you have got to take it down <laughs> so I took them all down and I stuck them in a folder um, but they're all you know words that I have used to help motivate myself to help learn from. Um you know the only what's the only thing that's really original about this is that it's my interpretation compilation and um formation of ideas, but all the ideas are out there, and they're from sometimes great thinkers um and sometimes just every day you know there's still time to change the road you're on kind of thing, and I only used about a third of the ones that I have. Um, and I still, I still refer to them. It was funny. One of the, one of the people who put a review on, I think it was Amazon, might have been Barnes and Noble, but I think it was Amazon, um, said something about, she, you know, Allie's like this good friend. who gives you the good advice, uh, you know, right in the moment you need it. Although who has a friend who has that at their fingertips? Well, I actually have that at my fingertips because I read these and I embrace them and I try to live by them because, you know, self-doubt, self recrimination it's just like any addiction and you, you slip, you fall, right? So you find yourself going, oh my God, I didn't get anything done today. I'm never going to achieve my dreams, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nope, refocus, move forward, reset the bar um, because because you have to. And so to get to your original question, which was Did I anticipate being this transparent? No. But at the same time, what's the point of putting something out that isn't authentic? What's the point of putting out something that's not real? Because, you know, there's a, I've got to tell you, there's a bunch of books out there that are supposed to help, you know, self-help books. I've read a bunch of them and some of them are just not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) You know? uh, Right. My goal is to try and not be preachy. My goal is to try and not put three hundred pages of, you know, a schematic forward. My goal was just to, hey, on any given day, if you need a boost, give yourself a boost. Yeah.
1: One of the most, the reason why I want to ask you the question about transparency, because one of the boldest statements you wrote in this book, Allie, I want to Mm -hmm. actually read it for our audience and ask you about what that's like to acknowledge. And that is this, you write on page 58, I'm still trying to figure out what to do with my life. Mm -hmm. What was that like for you to write and to reflect on at this point?
0: It was a huge realization, you know, because so many people, well, when you're a kid, you think every grown-up's got it all figured out anyway. And then you become an adult and you realize, okay, I'm just the same kid inside. I just have an older body and a wrinkly face. (laughs) Um, and some people know. I remember my one of my my first office job. I worked for a nonprofit environmental group, and I worked for this guy, um, who who knew from the time he was eight years old that he wanted to be an ornithologist. He was laying on the side of a hilly embankment and looked over and saw some bird, which he told me at the time, and I just don't recall anymore. But it was an unusual species, and he just thought, "Oh my God, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to study birds." Um, and you know. <laughs> I am just so in awe of people who can do that. I think it's wonderful. I think for me and for a lot of people, we don't know that. The difference is that some of us try to figure it out and continue to try to figure it out. And some of us just say, oh, well, I'll just stay in my regular 9-to-5 marketing career that I find incredibly boring and unfulfilling, and that's just going to be my life. Um, and I don't choose marketing as any particular reason. Some people love marketing, I'm sure. I don't yeah. mean to offend any marketers. Out there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I just, whatever. <laughs> Not my ideal of a job.
1: Right, right. So,
0: and, and so and I, yeah. writing.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Ellen. I
0: was just, yeah, I was just going to say, so writing that down, I have to tell you, I remember writing it because it was in the moment of writing it that I was realizing it. You know, but I'm still trying to figure it out. When I got to the end, I thought, well, you know, when I got to the end of the process of, 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 you know, as you well know, uh, publishing a book is 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 a is a process. It's not like you finish one day and it's published the next. Um, it's a whole whole bunch of stuff that goes into it, and it takes a while. And I got to the end of that process, and I thought, you know what? This this is what I'm I'm meant to be doing right now, and uh, I'm enjoying it. And I I would like to keep doing it, right. and so for now that's what I want to do. But is that what I want to do forever? I don't I don't know. Maybe. Wow.
1: Well, well, I I think for readers out there there are so many different layers of this book. And you were I love the fact too. And I you know, of course I, we follow each other on social. And so one of the things you've posted about recently on Twitter or X whatever people are calling it. I still call it Twitter, but you know, I know the X yeah. is there now. But um, is, this is an anniversary for you that is not always easy. But you you do talk about in the book though about being able to to move forward, and I love the fact that as you talk about that, you you say this on page forty two. For my part, I'm proud that every day I accomplish at least one task setting targets, short-term and long-term, then doing what I can to the best of my prevailing uh, wherewithal to realize my goals. Doing our best is the reward. Winning is a bonus. Making the effort is what counts. I wanted to talk about that in relation to this because there are so many people, Ali, as you know, as I am aware of, who are having a difficult time right now. And even Mm -hmm. though there are many things they may want to do and they have great intentions, as you were alluding to yourself just a moment ago, it's not always possible. How important has it been for you to give yourself that permission to let that be okay? Because I think that's what holds so many people guilty and, and feeling bad about themselves. They they feel as though it's not okay, that they cannot do what maybe they want to do based on circumstances. How important has that been for you, Allie, to give yourself that grace? Oh, yeah. Well, hugely,
0: hugely. Um, I think there's a deeper issue here, and, and that is sometimes people think they want things or they want to do things, but they never take a step towards trying. And I have to ask, is it really what you want then, or are you being influenced by society, your parents, your friends, whatever, are there Are there inner, you know, inner whatever, um, inner thoughts that are pushing you to think you want to do something that you really can't? Because there are so many people who overcome such adversity to, to do what they really genuinely want. And there's the old expression where there's a will, there's a way. And it may take years or decades. And maybe I'm deluding myself, but if you genuinely want something, you will find a way. You know, just personally, I've wanted to write since I was in high school, but uh, I was always, you know, told that it's not a real job, it's not something I can yeah. do, I wouldn't be successful at it, you can't make a living at it, blah, 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 blah. So I just never did it, even though I kept saying I wanted to do it. Um You know, and then you look at people who, and there's stories, stories everywhere. Um, They're they're the ones that are highlighted in the Olympics, right? Like all the adversity people (laughs) go through to to achieve whatever their dreams are. And I, so I guess I would say, if you have a dream, if you really genuinely have a dream, you'll find a way. It may not work out. You know, if your dream is to be, I want to be, you know, a billionaire. (laughs) well okay that's that's fine. maybe you'll find a way, maybe you won't um,
1: yeah.
0: that's that's kind of an amorphous dream, but if you have a dream that although you know look at um oh kevin Hart that was his that was his dream. He wanted to be a billionaire, he wanted to be the richest black entertainer out there, and he did it Because um, he was willing to you know work thirty seven hours a day and never take a vacation mm-hmm. um and but I think for most of us. Our dreams are not, I want to be an astronaut and I want to have a billion dollars. Our our dreams are, I want to be happy. I want to have a fulfilling home life. I want to have a job that I love. Um, you know, I want to do whatever. And so if we think about what it is we love and what we truly want, um, then I think it makes it more manageable to find dreams. And if there are obstacles... Um, And I talk about, I did a little companion piece uh, for this book that I send out to folks who sign up for the newsletter. And, you know, if the obstacle is a person, even if they're the close person, a family member, you know, if if it's important enough, you have to eliminate or minimize their influence in your life. You can't keep people or circumstances that are preventing you from doing what you truly want because people who truly love you They'll help you, and they want you to do what you want to do. They want you to succeed, and if they don't understand or they don't care about you enough, and a lot of it is they don't care. You you, you mentioned your own personal story, right? Your family had no – they didn't understand what you were trying to do here, but they were supportive. They were supportive, and that helps enable you. And there may be someone out there, maybe some other kid in rural Mississippi, who wants to start a blog radio and write a book and do these things, whose family is not supportive and who is just finding wall after wall after wall. And in that circumstance, that, I mean, as hard as it is that person's going to have to find a new circle of people who can lift them up. If that makes sense.
1: It does make sense. And, and, And I love the fact that again, it puts the onus on us. Uh, even though we may not have the support, we may not, if, if it's something we want, as you were alluding to, Allie, it's something that we're willing to do the work for. Because if not, then the question is, do you really want it? So I want to ask you about something. You mentioned the newsletter, something that's a great connection to talking about audience. So you wrote mm-hmm. this book. You mentioned initially it was going to be something personal for your children. So now that you you have people literally around the world able to read it, what has that been like for you to see the connections being formed based on something so personal?
0: Oh, you know, that was, it was so scary to do, but it has been so rewarding. Um, The comments that I have received, there's a few that are online, you know, formal reviews, but just emails I've gotten, people who have said, that it really helped them, you know, it really, it spoke to them. Um, and that has been unexpected because the book helped me, and that's great. And I was hoping it would help other people. But I didn't expect it to have such a wide range of impacts from people who are just like, you know, um, I just was trying to deal with a separation And this just really helped me realize that I'm strong enough to move on to I'm dealing with, you know, a widower dealing with the death of his wife who's like just having you having gone through that same circumstance really helped me with relations to this too. You know, uh, some of my children's friends who have just been like, yeah, you know, it's scary leaving home, going off to college, living on my own for the first time. Um, And that's, that's that's been that's been great, and I also have been really um, pleased by I had one one woman who said she keeps it by her bedside, and every morning she flips it open at random and reads a page, and that just helps her get her oh, day wow. started. And I love that. That just she uses it almost like a daily devotional. Um, right. So I just love that concept. So um, I've been just overwhelmed and pleased that my book is helping because that was ultimately my goal. Yeah
1: and it's something that all of us can hope to be able to do with our lives. Again, everyone, Allie Delsimer has been our guest. It's Okay Not to Be Fabulous Every Day It's the title of the book. It is available through Amazon.com. That's where I got it from. And, Allie, you mentioned your newsletter, so how can our audience stay connected with you and kind of keep posting on what you have going on?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you go to my website, which is com, you can sign up for my newsletter, and I send it out just twice a month. There's also a blog post where I'm hoping, I've just started a sub-stack, so I'm hoping folks will participate in that and it'll become more of a conversation. Um, and, uh, and you can also contact me through that website, and I'll get those emails. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, or you can just reply to my newsletter. Um, that, comes from my news, that comes from my email, um, and I'd uh, I, I love to connect with folks.
1: We link the website up uh, in the notes for those joining us via the podcast, Allie, so they can be able just to click on it from there uh, to make it easy for them. Ellie really enjoyed this chat with you. Thank you again for stopping by and looking forward to staying connected with you.
0: Thank you so much, Cyrus. I really appreciate the opportunity. And I want to thank you again for allowing me to, to, to share my book and um, you know, keep being fabulous because you're fabulous yeah. every day. <laughs>
1: I- I appreciate that. You as well, you as well. And again, thanks again to our mutual friend Robert Blake Whitehill for connecting us together. And thanks to all of you for joining us for another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.